Sometimes life happens. We see you. And you feel all alone. We feel you. With nowhere to go. We got you. So many questions unanswered. We understand. Yeah. And you feel like you can't. That's right. But God rest with your own thoughts. Uh, uh. This is for you. Yeah. When life happens, and it makes Come. you feel like you are. You're off the beat. Off, off the beat. Off the beat. Welcome to Offbeat Podcast. I'm your host, Jorge Ambriz. And today, we are back with another exciting episode. And today's guest, man, it's uh, pretty cool um, how I came across this person a um, few years ago. We're actually talking about it. It wasn't too long ago. It feels like it was a lot longer, but it was recently in 2021. She made some headlines um, by posting, uh, uh, it was a photo shoot of her and her parents, and she was honoring her parents Ahí en Los Campos. Um, she is from uh, uh, Mexican immigrant parents. And uh, so she made some headlines right there with Univision. There were some interviews right there too. And it was pretty exciting to be able to see how um, an immigrant daughter uh, honoring her parents in the way that she did. And it went viral and uh, it took off, man. And so it's really cool to be able to uh, present her today. So help me to welcome Deputy... Jennifer oh, Rocha, let's go. <laughs> Welcome to Offbeat Podcast. Thank you guys for having me. Yeah. I'm excited. Yeah, was the drive bad? How no, actually. I think it's because it's in the morning, but probably yeah. later on it'll it'll be bad. Yeah, because yeah. it's uh, towards the uh, the desert, right? Yeah. Man, you know what? Like, I'll, we always talk about it. Uh, just the traffic's been getting worse. I know, dude. I don't Every know why. year, it's like everyone's moving over there. I know. It's cheaper. Yeah. It's cheaper. And that's why all our prices are going up now. <laughs> yeah, I know. I remember when uh, over there in the in the Valle, like home prices were like in the hundreds, you yeah. know. And then not too long ago, I was like looking, I was like, let me see in the, these deserts, like even the high desert, all these areas are like, they're skyrocketing because yeah. everyone's moving over exactly. there. Exactly. So, But then we got like those weather birds that are just there for like six months and then they leave once the desert, like the heat comes and that's stuff. That's true. Yeah. That's true. Like all those uh, Palm Spring residents. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. All right. So I'm excited to have you. Thank you again for agreeing to come and, and being on the podcast. And um, so you have a very exciting story, you know, and, and from... The looks of it from the outside looking in, for me, it's really offbeat. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's yeah. a super offbeat story. Um, let's talk about those moments. Let's talk a little bit about, let's get to know you a little bit. Okay. You know, so where are you from? Where did you grow up? Your parents, a little bit of your background. Okay, so I was born and raised in the Coachella Valley, little place out in the desert. Everyone knows it because Coachella Fest and stuff. <laughs> yeah. And I've never been there, but... Um, so I was born and raised there. I have two older sisters, two little brothers. Um, and then my parents, both of them are from Michoacan. Okay. So they migrated when they were like 17, 18 years old out here. Yeah. Um, they went right to the desert. They're like, well, that's where most of like agricultural farm workers work at. Okay. Um, so they're like, yeah, we like it here. We're going to stay here. Um, and then, I mean, growing up, it was tough. I'm not going to lie. Um, I remember living like in these apartments that it was just specifically for migrant farm workers. Mm. So it was like two bedrooms, one bathroom, super tiny, maybe like, I don't even know how to express it, but we would all be like scrunched up in one room yeah, because we only had one bed. We couldn't afford much. Um, But it was those times that we like cherished it because it was like, 
it humbled, you know, and it, I mean, we were kids. We we liked everything, playing outside and yeah. everything with all the other kids and stuff. Um, so at that time, I never really like put a thought to it because I was just like, well, it's it's normal, you know. Right. Um, and then when I was like about eight, my parents finally applied to get a house. We got a house. Um, so everyone had their own room and stuff. And growing up, I was just like, dang, like, how did my parents do it? Like yeah. minimum wage. I'm like, you already have a house? Like how with like three kids? Like how, you know? Um, but that's something that my dad really was like, well, it was honestly all your mom. She was like the one saving all the money. She wouldn't like yeah. buy anything for herself. It was always for us. So I was like, dang, like that's crazy, right? Um, and then approaching high school, um, my dad was like, all right, time for you to go work in the fields. And I'm like, okay, I want to go. So then I started off sophomore, junior year. Okay. Um, working plantando la fresa. So it was overnight. Okay. So I would get off um, from cross country practice. My dad would pick, pick me up, go home, dress out, go to work. Damn. Yeah. After cross country. Yeah, dude. It was crazy. And I don't for know. those that don't know cross country, that's it's running. Yeah. Yeah, I do it like 12, 13 miles, right? Dang. And at that time, I was like, well, I'm young. Like, I feel fine. Um, we would get off like at two or three in the morning and then go nap and then wake yeah. up at five and do it all over again. Dang. Yeah. So that, but that was my parents' way of teaching their daughters, yeah. like, hey, if you don't get a degree, like, we're going to drag you here. Right. So we're like, yeah, no, we don't want to do this. Like, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's tough labor, especially like during like 120 degrees. I was like, yeah, I don't want to do this. Yeah, especially in Coachella, man. It's yeah. like, that's like, that's straight Vegas weather right there, yes, man. Literally. Yeah. Dry heat. <laughs> yeah. So then learned a little lesson, um, ended up going to college out in San Diego and, yeah, then I graduated college. Um, I went straight to the police academy out there. I was a police officer out there for like a year. Okay. And then I transitioned to move out here with the sheriff's department up in Riverside County. So yeah. now I'm there. Yeah, that's cool. That's really interesting. And so let's backtrack a little bit because, yeah. Um, yeah, so what I imagine is because my, my grandpa, he used to work the farms. He would tell me about the times that. He would work the farms out in Hollister. Mm -hmm. And I think it was, I think it was Fresa Tamien. Yeah. And so, but he would tell me about that, how they were, they would, um, that was one of the reasons why, like, they were able to save up a lot of money. Because at that time, like, they would set them up with cottages and then they would, you know, but they were like really small cottages. And he said that they would bunch them in, like, you know, five, six, you know, guys right there, you know, and. And so he would tell me the stories like that's why he wouldn't at that time, like he wouldn't really try to come with my grandma. He wouldn't really try to bring anyone with him because the housing accommodations like they were really small, really yeah. small. And then um, I recently it was not too long ago. I don't know if you've ever watched that show. Um, Amer it's is it American Horror Story? I think it is like no, not American Horror Story. I don't know. It's a show where they like they highlight different scenarios. And, and one of the seasons, like it was about farm workers. Oh. And so and it was like about, you know, like the the living, the situations that they were in. And, and so it kind of reminded me right now about what you were talking about, how, you know, they would um, accommodate families, you know, because a lot of them would come with families and they would put them in these small apartments and mm -hmm. things like that. But what's really cool is like, I like what you said, because it's true. Like when you're a kid, you don't realize you don't realize that you're broke or you don't realize like, oh, my parents don't really have money. Like you really don't realize that 
because in the moment as a kid, like you, you enjoy any accommodations, like you enjoy, you know, everyone sleeping together in the living room, you know, you enjoy everyone getting together in the dirt, you know, you enjoy that, you know, so, um, but were there any times like where you, you would kind of question, you'd be like, okay, like, is this normal or isn't, or, or was it until you kind of, you guys, you know, your parents became homeowners and then you started to kind of realize through other kids or anything like that? I think there was a point, um, when we were living in that small little apartment where I realized it, but I didn't really like put much thought to it yeah. was when like, I started seeing like the walls like sweating because we didn't have AC. Oh. So it was during the heat season. Dang. So I would just like wake up like in the middle of the night and turn over and I just see like the walls like literally sweating. Dang. And, uh, and I would wake up and sweat too. But at that point I was like, oh, whatever, it's hot. We can't right. do nothing about it. Yeah. Um, And I feel like it's just the fact that we grew up so humble, yeah. like with no technology, no nothing. Yeah. Um, my first phone was like a flip phone. And like yeah. <laughs> once I finished the minutes, I'm like, well, damn, no, yeah. got to wait till next month. Yeah. Um, and now it's like my brothers, for example, are living in a whole different type of era. Right. So it's like I see them now and I'm like, you guys are blessed to have everything you guys have. Yeah. So. Yeah. But even in the in the blessing, sometimes it could be a blessing. It can be a curse, though, don't you yeah. think? Because I feel like. I think like what you just said right now, we, it was, there wasn't a lot of technology. So, cause my, I have a theory that like, I feel that a lot of, uh, one of the reasons why I'm not saying that's the only, but one of the reasons why I feel our young people become a lot more prone to like depression, anxiety at the age that they are is I feel because they have the world in their hands. And so it's easier to compare. Mm -hmm. Right. Don't you yeah, think? I agree with that. Um, and I mean, nowadays, honestly, dealing with people in general every single day with my yeah. job i deal with a lot of kids like that yeah. and it's like dude it's just crazy i'm yeah. like like how but then i start to do my little investigation and i realize a lot of it comes from home mm -hmm. um so a lot of times for example it's like these parents like my parents that yeah. they're working to just bring money to the house you know to the table that they mm -hmm. just sometimes neglect the kids without realizing it. Yeah. And then the kids are just, you know, growing up by themselves and yeah. getting all these bad habits from school, hanging right. out with the wrong crowd. And that's why, like, majority of our problems now are 11, 12, 13-year-old juveniles. It's really young. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, dang, dude, like, where has society failed? Yeah. Yeah, no, it is. It's a, it's a, and maybe we can go down that, that whole little bit. You know, because what helped you, though? Like, what what do you feel helped you guys? Was it the environment of being around migrant workers, like that environment? Because it kind of does become a community, right? Yeah. Do you feel that that was a big help for you guys to kind of keep you guys in line? Or were, or did you have strict parents? Um, They're stricter with the females. Like, with my <laughs> brothers, los dejan hacer whatever they want. I'm That's like, true. I can't even argue with that. Yeah, That's true. Literally. That's true. And yeah. I'm like, really? And my brother, he enjoys working in the fields because he's getting money. He's at that stage. He's 15. He's like, well, I got money. Like, yeah. I don't care, right? <laughs> I'm like, dude, you're going to regret this so much. Like, <laughs> like no, you don't want to be doing that right. the rest of your life. Um, But yeah, with the girls, they were very strict. Yeah. Um. They wouldn't let us go partying on the weekends. Yeah. I had my little like rebel year during freshman year. I would sneak out, always get caught. I was dumb. I didn't know how to sneak out. So it's just like, <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> like, well, there goes you that. Get caught. Yeah, I'd always get caught, dude. Um, 
but yeah, they would always pressure us on our grades and stuff. Yeah. And I mean, my oldest sister is like the one that puts the example in education because she's getting her PhD. I'm like, girl, preach you because I'm yeah. getting my master's and I'm like dying right now. I'm like, yeah. No. So that's crazy. I know. No, man, but yeah, no, but it's true. I can't even argue right there. I feel like, yeah, they, because even in our family, I, I, Sometimes there's things that like I'll see with my sister and then, you know, of course, I'll, I'll kind of be like, yeah, but, you know, it's a whole nother story. But at the same time, be like, yeah, sometimes I will pause. And I'll be like, yeah, maybe they are a little bit harder, <laughs> like on the girls. Like it, it is true. Yeah. But I mean, it's um, so that's good, though. I mean, at least, you know, it it kept you it kept you out of trouble, you know, and and, and I think that that's a big factor, you know, with. Um, I think it's a it's a mixture of, of I think it's a mixture of both because I. I think we understand that parents have to work, you know, it, and they have to get things done. You know, they, they, they have to provide, you know, especially um, parents that, you know, come from Mexico with nothing. And, and so they are striving. But it is true that and that's where the neglect does happen, though. And it really does depend on the environment. Like, I think it's a combination of both, you know, because I've seen people I've have cousins, too, that, you know, grew up in similar ways like us, you know, but they were in a different environment, you know, me, for example, like when I grew up, yeah, it was, we were, my parents worked hard. They were there, they were doing what they do, but we had a crazy environment. Like we had, you know, gangsters living right next to us. Like we had the homies like all right there. Like, so it, we had very easy access, you know, to them. And, and so, you know, influence goes a long way, you know, it really does, you know? So, um, Going back to that point, though, like where they started to tell you, okay, like, vas a estudiar o vas a ir a trabajar, right? Mm -hmm. El trabajo en campo, man, is no joke. Yeah. You know, and it, I, I have experience in, in in Mexico doing that. And that was, I always tell people, that is one of the hardest jobs out there. Even if you're there for four or five hours, even, I mean, you are going to experience like, it's crazy. It's hard, hard work, like a lot of labor. What uh, besides keeping you in check and besides like, you know, convincing you like, man, I, I'm going to stay in school. What? But what else did it do for you, though? What else did it build for you, though? So when I was working in the fields, I would hear all these stories from like all these migrant farm workers, mm -hmm. like, you know, older people who came from Mexico, just like my parents and yeah. stuff. And just hearing their stories, stories, I was like, man, like they've gone through a lot. Yeah. And like us being born here, like it's like it's a blessing, to be honest, you know. Yeah. Um, So working there and I mean, I would even come back to work there during like my winter breaks at college mm -hmm. to remind myself like, OK, I can't drop out. I can't drop out. So it was motivating me. Yeah. Um. So for me, I took it as a motivation yeah. because. It, it reminded me of like, dang, dude, like this is tough labor. Right. And I put into perspective the fact that, you know, my parents are coming here because they want their children to achieve the dream that they couldn't achieve. Right. You know, so technically we're living the dream for our parents yeah. because they didn't have the money to do it. They didn't have the support to do it. And now right. that, you know, we have it. Why not take advantage of that? You know, yeah. um, and my parents always said, our goal was for you guys to get a degree yeah. and then do whatever you want with that. Then go ahead, live your life. But that's our goal for you guys, you know? Yeah. So technically we did that because that was their dream, you yeah. know? And there was times where I would question it. Like when I was in college, I'm like, 
man, I, I just want to drop out. Like, it's hard. I'm stressed. I was working three jobs. And I told my sister, I was like, dude, why am I even in college? Like, it's just because, like, it's the next thing after high school. We tend to always go, like, okay, you graduated high school, now go to college. Like, it's just the norm now. Yeah. Um, She's like, stop being dumb. Like, you're just stressed. Like, just, <laughs> just do it. Um, And then I would always call my dad, like, hey, dad, I need advice. Like, I just took a midterm and I think I felt like I, I want to drop out. Like, I'm done. And then he'd come back with, like, his pieces of advice. So he yeah. was my backbone mm, to, like, keep going those good. four years. Um, So, I mean, honestly, it was just that whole fact of, like, it humbles you working as a migrant farm worker. Yeah. You know, and some people are like, oh, it's easy. I'm like, no, dude, like, go experience it for, like, a week and then tell me if it's easy. Exactly. So it's just that little, like soft spot that i developed for migrant farm workers yeah. that it's like it'll never go away i always always have so much respect for them yeah um and it got to a point where like i even would get criticized because my hands would get like all like scratched up and stuff from mm -hmm. like picking yeah. bell peppers and stuff and people are like oh my god like your hands are so nasty they're so ugly and i'm like dude like you should see these other people's hands like yeah like it's just hard work like that food you're eating right now it was picked by them yeah so it's just it's just always reflects me like even when i go to the grocery store i'm like damn like they picked that you know yeah exactly no it really it does give you a deeper sense of appreciation for you know of course being children of immigrant uh parents and everything it's a deep appreciation in itself but when you go and experience the work that they do and you actually see, you know, that that was the same thing in my case when when I was in Mexico and, you know, we did everything from Piscar Lenteja, from there was even some terrenos where we couldn't go in with the tractor, you know, so we had to do it old school, mm -hmm. you know, arado y caballo, you know what I mean? And that experience right there, like, was, it was nice because it was like, dang, like, I can do it. You know what I mean? Like, it was kind of like, you know, because, you know, like uh, coming from Mexican family, they could be like, ah, no aguantas, no aguantas. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like they can, they get, there's carrilla, yeah, you know? Yeah, and yeah. so, and I was like 13, 14 years old at that time. So b when I did it, you know, because it was like a four day process, you know, it was like una hectaria, it was like an acre. And so we had to go in sections and man, that was the hardest. <laughs> it was hard, but it was humbling. And it was at the same time, like uh, it, it just gave me an appreciation for my roots. Yeah. It's just like, man, you know what? My grandparents, my parents, my my dad, my dad used to do this, you know? And it really gave me that sense of pride. Like, man, you know what? Like, you know, and they did this without complaining. They did this for survival. They did this because it was part of their life. You know, they didn't know anything else, you know? And it did give me that like, man, I'm, I'm, I'm over there. I have the opportunities and I'm, I'm squandering it, you know? Mm -hmm. So it did give me that sense of appreciation for, and not just for them, but even it gives you a sense of appreciation for the people, like you said. And I think that sometimes that's what our generation kind of misses sometimes is we don't understand what people go through. So we treat people, you know, impartial we treat people like you know we could be disrespectful yeah you know and a lot of times because we don't understand man like what they had to go through and i always say like man it's there's nothing more empathetic or sympathetic when it comes to dealing with people when you actually kind of go through their shoes when you put yourself in their shoes and you actually do some of the things that they do 
it, it's kind of like a like someone that doesn't have kids you know like it's like ah oh, it's easy yeah. but then once they have kids it's like oh dang yeah <laughs> you know yeah. you know and so I, it's the same thing with with workers and stuff and i think like that's in any industry because sometimes even waiters you know sometimes the way we treat people yeah. in, in different industries and the restaurant businesses construction workers things like that a lot of times we treat them like you know, como si nada, you know, and, and they deserve a lot more respect because what they're doing is a lot of times it's like that. Like your parents, no lo hacían de gusto. Mm-hmm. You know, they were doing it for a dream. They were yeah. doing it to, to, to like provide for their, their daughters, their sons, and, and they wanted a better life for them. Yeah, you know? exactly. So, so now kind of moving on to, so we can kind of fast forward a little bit to your, to your current story and everything. So what inspired you to want to do that viral photo shoot that went viral, that just blew up? See, when I was like a sophomore, junior in college, I knew already, I'm like, okay, once I graduate, that's where I want to take my pictures Mm. because that's where my whole like story started. Yeah, You know, that was the whole reason why my parents took us to work in the field in the first place to go pursue an education. Yeah, So I always wanted to give back to my parents. And like I told you, we're living their dream. So I told them this degree is not for me. It's for you guys. Yeah. You know, even though it's under my name, but this is a part of you guys. Yeah. You know, I'm doing this for you guys. Yeah. Um, so that's why I was like, Dad, I want to do my graduation pictures in the field. He's like, All right, yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Um, he told his supervisor, he's like, Yeah, we're fine with it. So you know, got a photographer and. He was the one that pretty much told us what to do. He structured yeah. it. And then I gave him a few ideas and stuff. Um, and then I never expected those photos to go viral. Like, yeah, that's what I was going to ask. Did you ever expect that? What was no, going to happen? No, dude. I was just like, holy crap. Like, yeah. it exploded, you know? And I mean, with that, a lot of hate came too. And I was just expecting it, you know? It's <laughs> like, of course, people always have their opinions. And I'm just like, oh, my God. Yeah. Um, so then my parents thought it was just awesome because for me, it was like my parents are getting the recognition that they yeah. deserve, yeah. but also all the migrant farm workers, yeah. you know, um, and it's pretty much sending a message to their kids, to the migrant farm workers, kids like, hey, guys, like just because your parents are migrant farm workers doesn't mean you can't get a degree. You can't achieve your dreams right. like you need to work hard to get there. But at the end, remember that you're doing it for your parents because they're the ones supporting you and who brought you here in the first place, you know? So that was the whole reason behind those pictures. Um, And then a lot of people thought I was like the first one that had just graduated. So and I started putting like my other sisters and I'm like, no, guys, like. It's it. There's two other ones, you yeah. know. Um, so you have two o- older one, older yeah, sisters. Yeah, older okay, sisters. Okay. Yeah, um, but they never like did the pictures how I did them. But yeah. for me, it was just I think because I worked the longer, the longest in the fields, yeah. that that's why like I was more connected with my parents that way. Yeah. You know, that's how I spent majority of the time with them. Yeah, that's where I understood like, oh, that explains why my parents are coming home in a bad mood because they're tired, they're stressed. Yeah, my dad's a foreman, so he has like all this paperwork he has oh, to fill yeah. out and all that. So he always comes home like stressed. Like his attitude in the morning is like all happy and everything. And then he comes home and he's like just like in a bad mood. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, now I get you because I would come home too, and I'm like, I don't want to talk to nobody. Like I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that's and that's the tough part, man. That's. Where a lot of times, like, I admit, I'd never, I, there was a time where I didn't understand, you know, a lot of what my dad went through because he was a foreman in construction. And so 
a lot of the stress that he had to deal with, the workers he had to deal with, the ones that didn't want to show up, <laughs> you know what I mean? Dealing with all that, dealing with the paperwork. And and so a lot of times, you know, as kids, you don't understand like, man, why doesn't, you know, why doesn't dad play catch with me? Or why doesn't dad take me to the park? You know what I mean? Or why? And even though it, it does affect you in some way, but maturity is being able to see that and be like, okay, it makes sense. You know, especially now as an adult. Yeah. Because there's times I come home, you know, yesterday was a great example. I was driving, I don't even know how many hours, man. And I came home, it like it's like 12 hours gone, you know, and coming home, I'm like, I don't want to talk to anyone. <laughs> like, like everybody get away. Like, I just want to eat and then just shut down, yeah. you know. But it, it, it really, I love that you keep reiterating that because it's, compassion sympathy like we we can only really understand what people go through when we put ourselves in their shoes exactly. you know either literally you know or you know we try to understand you know and 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 one of the things that i really like too what you said is that you know it was their dream you know and i think that that's a very i don't want to say it's a it's completely unpopular but it, it is very unpopular mm -hmm. you know right now like it it's you know, like, oh, I'm going to do this for my parents. You know, like right now we live in a generation where it, it's really cool what's happening. Like there's good and bad. I always try to look at both. One of the cool things is that there there is a lot of like um, where you don't have to go to school to be successful. You know, there is a lot of that. There is a lot of um, uh, traction of different ways to be successful and stuff like that. And kids are experimenting with it. Young people are experimenting. I mean, we're, we have a lot of young millionaires now through social media, YouTube. I mean, it's a great platform. There's great stuff happening. But I love that you still have that honor factor because that's huge. And, and especially in our generation, there isn't enough honor, yeah. you know, and that speaks volume that you would to say like, you know what, I'm going to stick it out, you know, just for the sake of honoring my parents. You know, that's huge. A lot of times... He's like, no, like, I don't care what my parents want. I don't care what I can understand if if you're young and you have a plan. Yeah, I can understand that if there's a plan in place, you're practicing that plan. You're walking that plan out. I can understand. But a lot of young people, sometimes they don't have a plan in place and they just for the sake of rebelling towards their parents are like, oh, I don't care what they say. I don't care. Like, I'm going to do my thing, you know, and just forgetting that, like, man, you know what? Your parents worked hard to get you to where you're at. Like the least you can do right now until you figure things out, you know, is honor them, honor them in the best way possible. And I know that a lot of immigrant parents, like that's what they want. They want their kids to come and experience what they couldn't in Mexico, you know, because mm -hmm. the school system's over there for a lot of them. Like where, I mean, my dad probably, I don't even, I think he probably made it to like sixth grade. Yeah. You know, my mom too, she has like a real low education level. Like, Cause the schools over there was like, it was el campo or la escuela, yeah. you know? And a lot of them like the, you know, like I know my grandparents, a lot, my grandpa, he spent a lot of time here in Hollister and different parts. So the ones that had to take care of the land were my uncles, was my dad, you know? So the, and, and, and over there, it's, it's not like they have a choice. Like you either work it or you don't eat. Yeah. You know, like that's, that's like, like that's extreme, you know, mm -hmm. like it's literally like here, like you don't want to do something like, okay, you don't do it. You know, and there's other ways, there's other options over there. Like, no, like, Hey, they don't, you know, van por la lenteja, like they're not going to have anything to eat. They're not going to have anything to sell. And so what are you going to do? You know? So I love that you, you talk 
so boldly about that, like that honor, like you, you wanted to honor your parents with that. And the way that it went viral, that's crazy. That's yeah, crazy. How did you first notice that it went like, it blew up? Like what, what kind of like, if you can remember? Um, I don't know if you guys know, like the website or social media page, Me Too, or something like that, or We Are Me Too, something like that. Me Too? No, huh? I don't think it's like so. like a very like Mexican page and they post like. In, in Instagram? Yeah, Instagram. Me Too, Me Too. No, maybe no. you guys have seen some yeah. posts, but maybe, you guys maybe. have in like some memes and stuff and never paid attention <laughs> to like the, the tag. But they shared it first and okay. then it just blew up. Dang. Like from there, it just. And I was just like, oh, my God. Like I woke up the next day, like everyone sharing it, yeah. millions of messages. And I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. And then people are like, dude, George Lopez even posted it on his page. And I was like, what? Hold up. Oh, and then, yeah, dude, it's it was good. crazy. And then Baby Bash posted it, too. Oh, and wow. I was just like, dang, like, wait a minute. Right. And at first it wasn't like a lot of people were like, oh, you just wanted it fame and stuff. And I'm like, no, like <laughs> the story is going out and that's what I wanted. Yeah. You know, my parents to get recognized. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's how it just started popping off to the point that even like some followers that I have from like Europe and stuff, they're like, dude, it's on the newspapers in Europe. And I'm like, what, what? the heck? Dude? They would send me like a picture. I show my parents and they're like, just facial expression like so happy like wow yeah. like you gotta send me those because I I, I'll, I'll, I'll try to post them up like when the video and yeah. stuff so that people could see too yeah because yeah that was exciting and that's what was crazy because I, I i remember that i remember that moment even my wife was like when we we're talking about bringing you on she's like yeah you know what i, I do remember that you know and it's crazy that like you know years later it's like okay this is the person you know what i mean and so and it, and that it went viral for a good thing you know yeah <laughs> Yeah. Right now, man, yeah. like, that's something that's scary man about the internet oh, is yeah. that is you can go viral for the wrong things you can go viral for the good things and but this was a good moment you know and it was a good moment for for our people you know mm-hmm. for the for our raza you know because it really does speak volumes you know like man our people work so hard you know they really do they work so hard and and we as the children you know we i think everyone everyone's desire you know even through the moments that we go through as childhood, even our mishaps, like even me, like I went through my stage of rebelliousness. I went through, but at the end of it, like uh, I grew and I matured to the point where I understood like, man, my parents were always there for me. Yeah. You know, they always did their best for us. They did their best. You know, are there, were there things that, you know, could have been better? Of course, in every situation, no, nobody's perfect, but all we can do is learn from it, mature from it. And then, you know, that's always my goal too. Like deep down inside, like I always... I want to do my best to make my parents proud. You know, I want them to see like, hey, you know, I went through this stage in my life, but you know what? We bounced up, you know, thank God. And now everything we do, you know, we're trying to live right. You know, we're trying to, you know, do what we can, bring awareness um, and everything and and honor them, you know, honor, you know, honor what they did, you know, that great sacrifice, you know, of crossing, you know, a lot of them, man, crossing the desert for, you know, days, you know, some of them with no water, you know, a lot of the risks that they had to take, you know, and, and man, like it's, it's, they did a lot. Yeah. They did a lot. They mm-hmm. did a lot. So, so that's cool. And then um, what was some of the, how did you deal with some of the hate? How did you deal with that? Like, was it be, like honest though? Like, on, like, did it hurt? Did it, not gonna lie, it wasn't more necessarily hurt. It was just more. 
frustration. Yeah. Um, a lot of people were like backing me up and they're like, dude, like you don't know her, so don't be like saying these things or whatever. Right. And a lot of people were hating on the fact that I was gonna do law enforcement because people that don't do their research start to just say everything. Yeah. So they thought oh, you're going to join law enforcement. You're going to kick out the Mexicans. And I'm like, dude, we we don't even ask for, like, your citizenship status. Like, yeah. you guys need to do your research and actually figure things out. Yeah. Um, so a lot of the comments were like that. Um, other comments were like, oh, she got a degree and she's doing law enforcement. I'm like, what? Like, yeah. what does that have to do with anything? Man, I hate that so much, Jennifer, man. I hate that so much, like. Like, ah, like that's what one of the things that just really, like my brother would say when he's like, when we're messing around, you know what really, uh, what does he say? You know what really grinds my gears? <laughs> when we're messing around. But anyways, like, it, man, it, I hate that our society, man, has really done such a good job at like labeling people like you're either one extreme of the spectrum or the other. Yeah. Like you can't be anything else like you know, it's, 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 if you're this, like, then you're automatically against all of this. And it's like, man, that's so far from the truth. Exactly. You know, like, why would, you know, like, especially you, like, why would you, why would you want to join something? And then all, so automatically, because you want to join law enforcement that, that labels you as someone who hates your own people. Like, exactly. Like, like, like make sense of that to me, you know, like that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. So when I saw that, I was like, whatever, it's just. Haters, haters are going to hate. Yeah. And I saw a quote, I think it was Pitbull or someone else, I forgot. But he said, if they're not talking about you, then you're doing something wrong. Mm. And that's very true. You know, if yeah. you're doing something good, people start talking about you. Yeah. They start making up these lies, whatever. And y la gente siempre va a hablar, regardless yeah. of what you do. You know, yeah. so at the end, I've realized, you know what? Live your life. People are always going to talk. Right. We only have one life, whatever. Um. So a lot of, honestly, that was the reason why I deleted Twitter because of the hate. I was just like, I don't want to deal with this. Yeah. I was in the police academy too. I'm stressed out. Right. I don't need to deal with this. So I deleted my Twitter. Um, I put my profile on private because I was getting like so many hate and I was just over it. I was just yeah. fed up. Um, and a lot of people also were doing it like, oh, you're using your parents as props and stuff just to get like followers. And I'm like... <laughs> whatever guys like jeez yeah dude it was Man, a lot of hate yeah yeah but what is that and i mean i know it's frustrating but like and and like you said you had to delete all these things put yourself on private kind of go you know kind of go into your own space so you can focus but did it do anything else like to you like as far as like man like where it made you question maybe like did it ever make you question like is this the right thing maybe um, not really question. It made me realize how true the statement one of my friends had told me. The fact that our own Mexicans will put other Mexicans down. Yeah. And that's why in society, we don't tend to level up. We don't tend to go up the scale mm -hmm. because we're hating on each other instead of helping each other, supporting right. each other. Um, and that's so true. And I'm yeah. like, damn, dude, you're so right. Because all the hate I was getting was from Mexicans, Hispanics. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, what the heck, dude? Like, why? You should be happy that another Mexican, a Latina, yeah. you know, is doing these things instead of just throwing hate, you know? Yeah. But a lot of times it's because those people, they just have something in their life that 
they probably had to push aside or they didn't go after it for whatever reason yeah. and they just decide to throw shade on someone else for yeah. that reason. You know? Yeah. Or they allowed themselves to commit yeah. to like the ideology. I think uh the other day I was uh I was listening to this. I don't know if you've ever heard of Patrick Patrick Ben. His first name's Patrick. He's like uh have you ever heard of Valuetainment? No. Valuetainment. He's uh, uh they they have podcast everything and and he's he's just like um he's big on like um social media too and everything, but I love a video that he released the other day and it, don't quote me on it but basically the video was he was talking about you know that a lot of times as people we marry an ideology mm -hmm. you know we marry an ideology and maybe at that moment it makes sense yeah you know but we don't ever really like realize you know what the pros and cons are you know like maybe we are passionate about that idea at that moment and we marry it and a lot of times like we marry this idea and you know, 20, 30 years later, you know, we look back and we'd be like, dang, like all because I married this idea, this, this ideology, like look up on everything that I missed out on, you know, because I was either too prideful or I was too embarrassed to admit that, Hey, you know what? The, I, I, this is what I thought at that time because of these things that were happening, you know, but it doesn't mean that I'm, I'm married to it, you know? Mm -hmm. be, and I think that that's the thing that, that kind of going back to that is that there's people that just label people on either side of the spectrum you know they want to they're they're like they want to be like um these these label managers like where okay she's 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 doing this so she's automatically this you know and it's like no like we have to stop marrying the ideas you know one moment like we can think something you know and and then the next moment like something happens we're like okay you know what like that's that's a little bit different you know like that makes sense you know what i mean like i i thought this two three days ago you know but now listening to this side of the spectrum it's like okay like that makes sense mm -hmm. you know what i mean like like there's nothing wrong with that yeah you know there's nothing wrong with admitting that you know and i think a lot of these people like you said that they marry these ideas they 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 hear something you know and mexicans we're good at that yeah you know like our parents man like i always say this like my parents and stuff like they're the generation de los noveleros yeah you know what i mean and they <laughs> you know they do. they marry the ideas of the novelas you know and then right after the novelas you got the noticias mm -hmm. and then whatever the noticias say like ay comadre lo que yeah. no sabe lo que escuché en las noticias <laughs> ya ya escuchó lo que dijeron de lerba life y que de esto yeah. y que del otro and i mean and everything is law you know and mm -hmm. so and a lot of times we we carry that on you know it's like oh well this you know or we hear something about law enforcement and that's and then automatically okay all law enforcement are like and it's like no like yeah. you got to slow down you know mm -hmm. and i quickly picked that up i'm glad that i quickly picked that up even as a young man even when i was causing trouble you know even when i was breaking the laws mm -hmm. you know i picked that up very quick because you know even when i would get in trouble i would i came across people i came across some law enforcement that you know maybe were racist you know maybe were bad you know, but quickly also I came across some that were good. Yeah. Some that, you know, they would park their car and they would come to the neighborhood and they'd be like, hey guys, what's up? What are you guys doing? You know, they would talk to us. They would give us advice. They would, hey, stay in school, you know? Yeah. I remember even when I, um, I had, uh, I did time in Juvie Hall, you know? And and I remember a, a lot of the support, a lot of the encouragement that I received even letters of recommendation that I received were from staff members, you know, that really wanted to see you do good. Mm -hmm. You know, there was a lot of good. 
And so I quickly understood, man, that I can't marry an idea. Yeah. You know, even though there was an idea out there that all law enforcement was bad, I knew that, you know, just like, like are, are all black people bad? No. Mm-hmm. Are all white people bad? No. Like I quickly had to realize I can't marry these ideas. Yeah. You know, I can't commit and marry to these things because it's not true. Mm-hmm. Because if not, we're always going to be seeing things through that lens. And that's a super unhealthy way to live. Yeah. It's a bitter way to live, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, that's very true, dude. So, no, yeah. So anyways, I can talk a lot. So <laughs> <laughs> so chime in, chime in. Your chime wife's in. like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, touching back on that whole perspective of like people seeing yeah. like all law enforcement is bad. That's so true. Um, because it sucks that the news media will always show the bad things. Why? Because mm-hmm. it's going to get views. Right. You know, they're paid to get views. Exactly. So that's the only reason why they're showing what they're yeah. showing. So they don't show the good things. So in my aspect, when I've dealt with people, sometimes they come off disrespectful. And I'm like, yeah. hey, dude, like, I'm being respectful to you, so I expect the same. Right. And then they'll comment down, like, sorry, like, I've had a bad experience before. And I'm like, all right, but that doesn't mean everyone's the same. Right. And then they start to, like, process and they're like, yeah, you're right, you yeah. know? Um, And I always try to, like, give people advice. Even if I arrest them, they thank me at the end of the day because they're like, hey, thanks for being cool and for being respectful. Like, yeah. you're just doing your job. And I, I admit it, you know, yeah. I messed up. I'm like, yeah, dude, hopefully you learn this time, you know, and you start going the right path. Right. So at the end, it's like, we're not just here arresting people just because, you know, right. it's because you did something wrong. Exactly. And then we have like, for example, these kids that are out there doing crimes and stuff. They're like, oh, you guys are getting paid for every arrest. You know, I'm like, damn, dude, that'd be great. I'd be like a millionaire <laughs> by now. <Yeah>. Crap. <laughs> but I'm like, no, we don't get paid for that. Yeah. Um. So it's just people that don't do their research and, yeah. you know, they right away have a bad experience here and they think everyone's bad. Just like you said, yeah. not all black people are, are bad. Not all white people are bad. Not all Mexicans are bad. Exactly. You know, Um. So I feel like people need to just do their research and stop like feeding into these ideas. Like, for example, social media. It's so easy to just feed into an idea. Yeah. You know, they're like, oh, you're right. But then they're so like not open minded Mm -hmm. to the point that they're not willing to hear the other side. You know, they're like, no, this person said that. So that's what it is. And I'm like, no, dude, like open your mind a little bit, you know, hear the other side of things. Um, So it just sucks. That's a downside of social media and how bad it's gotten. Um, and I mean, honestly, there was like the, when the whole like George Floyd thing happened, yeah. I did start to get in my head a lot. I was like, do I really want to do law enforcement now? Cause all this public yeah. is like viewing us bad. Like, yeah, it's crazy. Cause that's what I was like, actually going to like lead to is like, yeah. yeah, a moment like that. Yeah. So I was in my head a lot. Yeah. Um, I was like, man. And I would go back to like my mentors, which was like some sergeants, lieutenants and they're like, yeah. look, dude, like that's always going to happen. Like we're always going to have these incidents and then the public's going to move on because then they're going to realize like what actually happened. Yeah. You know, and even us, we admitted like as law enforcement, we we're like, yeah, that o- that officer messed up, you yeah. know. And it's like, but that doesn't mean that every officer is the same. And right. it sucks. Like you said that. It takes one single officer in another state to put every single officer yeah. deputy in the whole country bad. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But it's like, it's not like that. So. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's like, you know, like I, I that's one of the, like, I would always get in, not get into it, but I would, one of the things that I would explain is because kind of going back to a comment that you had made earlier where um, this idea that, oh, law enforcement, you know, is going to, you know, kick immigrants out, you know? And I know that. 
<laughs> I know that part of that idea comes from where, you know, there was a, um, I forget his name, but, uh, it was, a he was a sheriff. Um, was he a sheriff? Yeah. I think he was a sheriff in Arizona. And I think they were doing that. They were, you know, they were, um, you know, pulling over and if they were illegal or they were asking them for documents and stuff like that. But I knew that that doesn't happen everywhere, mm -hmm. you know? And so I would tell people, it's like, look, like, you know, it doesn't happen everywhere, yeah. you know? And the thing is that the, 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 it's really looking into why things happen, you know? And, and, and I would explain to people, look, I know people that, you know, you know, they, it, it started by, you know, just giving a bad name, yeah. you know, it started by, it was a, just a normal traffic infraction, mm -hmm. but then they gave the wrong name. They lied or something. So now they have to take them to booking, you know, and then once they're in booking, you know, they, they clear things up, you know, but they have, they have a hold now, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? But that's like completely separate, you know, yeah. that wasn't, you know, law enforcement, you know, actually out to get them, you know, it's like, no, law enforcement was just doing their job. Mm -hmm. They're doing their due diligence. And part of that due diligence is, you know, as a consequence, things happen, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, you know, but you can't say that, oh, this is, this happened because of that. Like, mm -hmm. no, like you have to be careful with what you say. Like you said, do your research, you yeah. know, understand how things actually work, you know? Um, Cause you know, a lot of times, you know, we, we can, and social media is so easy, especially with the algorithms, you know, that's their marketing is so smart, you know, that you start to look at one thing and then it takes you down the rabbit hole. Yeah. And then like all your feed starts to become everything that you, and then it just, it brainwashes you. And some people are easily just manipulated, mm -hmm. easily brainwashed into, you know, and that it's funny that you, when you bring up the George Floyd thing, because I went down like a really dark rabbit hole, like during that time mm -hmm. too, because it was like, and it wasn't so much against law enforcement. It was like a whole different thing. But I was like, man, like, because it just, the I mean, everything just, it was like, I don't even know how to explain it. It was like a chaotic tornado, yeah. man. And so I felt so bad for a lot of law enforcement during that time. Because mm -hmm. I, I feel like you guys got a lot of heat, yeah. a lot of heat during that time. Yeah. And knowing that, man, you know what? Not everyone is like this. There's good people that are serving and we need it. Mm -hmm. You know, I live here in San Bernardino. And it's not the best city. You're in the hood. <laughs> I was like, oh no, I'm entering the hood. <laughs> we got a sheriff in the hood. Deputy, <laughs> deputy. We got a deputy in the hood. No. But um, man, like, you know, and as a family man, you know, as kid with that has kids, I want them to be protected. Yeah. You know, and I know that there's, I know that that's my job. My job is to be a provider, be a protector. But at the same time, like, we have to partner with our community and part of partnering with our community is partnering with law enforcement and allowing them to do the job that they have to do. And part of what they do is keeping the streets safe. Yeah. You know, I always tell people, I'm like, man, when I got arrested, somebody got saved. Like, like, let's be honest. Like, let's like, I'll be honest. I'll be like, Look, man, when I got arrested, like it was well deserved. And you know what? And and it was kind of good. Like my mom would even say that. Like my mom would be like, Que bueno que te arrestaron porque quien sabe lo que ibas a hacer. And there is no lie in that. Mm -hmm. And it's true. And it's like, you know, we have to be realists. You know, I can't be like, no, nah, the police are against me. And it's yeah, like yeah. this and that. Like the popos are just out for me. And it's because of my color and it's because of this. 
when at the end of the day, it's like, nah, man, like, you know, you know what you're doing. You know what you're doing wrong. You know that you're not contributing to society the way that you should. You know that you're up to no good. You know what? And there, you know, like there's a, a, a verse in the Bible says that, man, the, the sword is, is for those that, um, it says like, que dice la espada es para corregir. Mm -hmm. You know, the sword is to correct, you know what yeah. I mean? And, and to punish those that are, are doing wrong, you know what I mean? And so I had to understand that. And I'm glad that I quickly understood that because yeah, there's a lot of good people, a lot of good people doing, just doing their jobs. Yeah, exactly. Know? And touching back on, um, you mentioning your kids and, you know, you want them to feel protected and yeah. safe and stuff. Um, I do go back to like middle schools, high schools to go back, talk to yeah. them. Um, even my high schools, the counselors were like, hey, can you come in for career day or whatever? And I was like, yeah, I'll go in. Um, and I had a good example. I went in for a middle school and I think there were like sixth graders. Man, did I realize how many of these kids have such a bad idea of law enforcement? Yeah. Like really bad. And, you know, a lot of them went back to saying, oh, you arrest only Mexicans. Oh, you kill black people. And I'm like, hold up. I'm like, all right, we need to clarify these things. Like, yeah. why are you guys getting these things? Who's telling you these things? Because right. that's not how it is. And a lot of people or a lot of the kids actually were like more interested in just firearms, which brought some attention to me just because <laughs> I'm like, okay, guys. Just because we're doing law enforcement doesn't mean we're shooting up people. Like, yeah, yeah. our goal is to not shoot anyone. Like, that's our last resort we ever want to do, you know, right. because then we carry that also in our consciousness. Yeah. So that's why we have all, like, these less lethal weapons to prevent that, you know. And, and then touching back on that aspect of, like, um, pulling over someone and then they give you the uh, false name. A lot of times people don't hear what we're listening from dispatch perspective, you know, or all the contacts we've had with this person yeah. or, hey, that that car matches the description. Um, and a lot of times we just pull it over. And if it's not the car, right, have a good day, you know. Yeah. Um, but we always have a reason why we're doing things. And yeah. a lot of people just right away. Oh, look, the sheriff's arresting somebody record. But it's like, no, dude, like. You know, yeah. that's the downside. Yeah. And then they forget that a lot of people like you, like you, um, you have your family, mm -hmm. you know, you have your parents, you have your, you're a, you're a daughter, yeah. you're a sister, you know, you're, you're a, somebody's niece, mm -hmm. you know, you're somebody's nieta, you know, you're, you're, you're a human, yeah. you know, and I, sometimes when I'm looking at these videos, sometimes that's what kind of really bothers me because it's mm -hmm. like, man, they're putting these cameras on them and they don't realize, like, how would you feel? Like, that's my question. Like, I understand there's a time and place, but that's my biggest question. Like, how, the person that's holding these cameras, like, how would they feel yeah. if somebody had a camera straight to their face at their job? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Forget just on the street, at their job, like, while you're doing or you're in the office, you're this, and somebody comes and just, boom, pulls out a phone and right in your face and, and it's just yelling things. And, you know, because it's easy to, like, create a scene. Yeah. You know, it's so easy to create a scene, you know. Um, you know, I remember, like, talking about creating a scene. Like, I remember one time we went to Nicaragua. And I remember out there, like, the way we would, we, we went out there to, you know, we, we went out there to do some missionary work with um, some people and stuff. And one of the ways that, our, the strategies that one of the guys came up with was, like, we create, like, these skits. Mm -hmm. Where it just gets people's attention, you know. And they would work. 
And I feel like that's what a lot of people do today. Like, it's just they use their phone to create these skits, to create these scenes, you know, without any context, without anything that's going on. And they just, you know, but I always go back to that. It's like, how would they feel? Yeah. You know, how would they feel if you're working at an office and then boom, you know, like it's not pleasant, mm-hmm. you know, and it's like you're putting someone on the spot and all they're trying to do is just do their job. Exactly. You know, yeah. so that's got to be how, how do you so how do you deal with that? Because I got a short fuse sometimes. <laughs> I'm like, that's why, like, I'm like, I'm like, you know what? Like, I, I talked about it one time. I'm like, I'm glad that, that I, because I tried going for the, for the, the, the deputy, uh-huh. it was a deputy position for the San Bernardino County. Yeah. And, you know, I didn't pass my pre, the pre background. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I was too honest, you uh-huh. know, like. <laughs> yeah, you're like, oh. Yeah, so, so I didn't pass, uh-huh. you know. But then, like, looking back, I was like, man, that was a blessing in disguise. Yeah. Because I, I don't know if I could do <laughs> deal with some of these people man <laughs> yeah I do. how do you do it honestly the patience i've developed like it's crazy but i do have a turning point because even now like where i'm at in the yeah. station that i'm at i'm one of like maybe nine females that are there like majority it's male dominant and yeah. it's a male dominant career um so i'm a girly girl and I've told, I told the guy, they're like, you can't take the girly girl side of me. You know, I like to wear makeup. Outside, I dress up. Like, <laughs> that's just me, right? But once you test my patience, I'll flip the switch and you'll get a whole other, like, Latina side of me. Yeah, you know, yeah, like, yeah. when it comes to handling business, we will handle business, you yeah. know? And some sergeants have already seen that. So I'm like, oh, crap. Like, don't mess with Rocha because her side's about to come out. Yeah. Um, so... I get to that fine line where I'm like, all right, we've given you so many chances. You're still not doing what we're telling you to do. All mm-hmm. right, it's time, you know, click, click. Um, but we try to, I try at least to get, hear people out right. and try to be patient and calm. And like, you know, we're here at the end of the day to help you. Um, but it comes to that fine line where it's like, all right, yeah. enough of this. We can't take like 30 minutes in a call because there's other people that are calling in, you know, with emergency and stuff. Yeah. Um, so honestly, it's just just trying to. Sh- <laughs> yeah. Do they do they work on you guys a lot in that area? Like, do they provide? Because um, I recently had a. Uh, he's actually been on the episode twice now on the podcast. His name's Marlon. Marlon Mar- Marache. I think I, I don't know if you've ever seen. Um, he, he has a. He's part of even like a training group. It's called Savage Training. They mm-hmm. provide training familiar. for different different. Mm-hmm. Um, um, uh, how do you call them? For different law enforcement divisions all over the Southern California and stuff. So real cool guy. He's real cool. And um, but he talks about that, uh, like how that's they're really big on that, on trying to provide that type of training, like diffusing yeah. situations and stuff like that. Do they do that a lot? Yeah, they provide a lot of training, especially with um, these people that unfortunately have like mental health issues. Where you need to have that patience, you know, a lot of time, like, we don't know what's going on in their head. And we try to understand, Um, like, I took a training course not so long ago on that. Mm -hmm. And they show you good examples of, like, people, like, for example, dealing with schizophrenia and, like, the voices that are going on in their head. And it's like, holy crap, like, you don't realize that, you know, you show up to a call and, you know, dispatch is telling you, oh, they have this or that. And then taking that training course, like, okay, I understand what they're going through. So I need to know, like, okay, they're listening to these voices, you know, and you need to, like, 
calm your demeanor down, not like raise your voice, like literally be at their demeanor. And then that's how you honestly solve the solution. Like if you come in all heated up, you're just right. going to heat up the whole solution or I yeah. mean the whole incident. Um, and sometimes I have to tell, you know, my parents like, bro, like chill, like I'll handle it. You know, you step yeah. back. Uh, I'm more calm. I'm more patient. Like right. I'll deal with it. Um, and sometimes it's just, you have to, you know, your partners, you know, who has more patience than others, you know, and yeah. that's where you're responsible for stepping in. You know, mm. if you see your partner, all right, he's over it. All right, bro, I'll take over. I like you that. Know? Yeah. So it, you guys and, have each other's back. Yeah. And our sergeants always emphasize that they're like, if you see like someone making a bad decision, one of your partners, or you think something's wrong, like, Hey, step in and talk to him aside. Like, Hey bro, yeah. like what, what about this? You know? Yeah. Um, so they really emphasize on that. And then our sergeants emphasize on always having each other's back, you know, cause at the end of the day, we're a family, you know, yeah. we're all trying to go back to, to our family families at the end of the day and go back home safe so yeah 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 i like that you brought that up too like because yeah you guys are it's like any job you know like you create friendships mm -hmm. you know and it's because it kind of goes we even talked about that with uh, marlon one time and it's like you know this whole thing that where you know all oh, the law enforcement's a gang and this and then it's like dude like you know, you work at a warehouse, bro, and, and you know, you hang out with your buddies, like, 24-7, yeah. like, calm down, like, you know, yeah. you, you like, just because they're in law enforcement, it's looked up, frowned upon, you know, uh -huh. that they're, and it's like, dude, like, they're together, 12, 14-hour shifts, yeah. you know, sometimes longer. Of course, they have to create a commodity. Of course, they have to create a friendship. Of mm -hmm. course, they have to create a family environment, because that's, I think, probably one of the most important things. It's like, Cause like, let's say if we're partners and, and man, you know what? I had a bad day today, Yeah, man. My kids are doing this. My kids are doing that. So if I know that about myself and I communicate that to my partner, you know, in a situation where it's probably going to get hectic, yeah. you you could probably be like, Hey, I know he's going through this. Let me handle this. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, and we need to, it's, I, I think people need to understand that, Yeah, you know, that that's why it is a family. That's why they are so tight and close. Because like again, you know, you work at this job, and you know, and you're you're tight and close with your buddy. You yeah, know what I mean, it's, or it's like the farm workers, they become tight and close. Exactly. You know, they have carnesadas together. Yep. They do this. You know, construction. So it's like I just the you know it's like the double standard sometimes. You know, it's like I can do this here, but no, no, they can, if they do that, oh no, they're a gang. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, oh no, yeah. they're bad. They're up to no good. It's like, dude, calm down, like relax, like you know, and um. But kind of going back to the mental health thing, man, there's been a rise. Like, Big rise. I think after COVID. You think so? I think so. Yeah. I mean, I mean I've mean, i always, I feel like these last, I want to say this last decade, mm -hmm. I want to say, man, there's been a crazy, crazy rise of just in, 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 in the streets, like especially with homeless people and stuff like that. They're getting younger and younger. Like, sometimes that's one of the things that breaks my heart, man, when I'm, like, driving around the city in San Bernardino, especially. And you see, like, you know, it's like I – because I don't remember it being like that. I don't yeah. remember it, you know, like, I remember always seeing homeless, but it was, you know, they're always, like, older yeah. gentlemen or, you know, older women or, you know, and I can understand their stories. They all have a different story. But now, like, I just – you see a lot of young people, man. And just talking to themselves and just going crazy. What do you what do you think is attributing to that? What's a big thing that you guys are seeing in law enforcement that's um, attributing to that? A lot of it 
is <clears throat> majority of these people, it's just their drug addiction, dude. Yeah. But I'm going to tie back to like what my dad has told me before I even joined law enforcement. And honestly, it's it's somewhat true. Están jóvenes, dude. Están en la esquina with the sign, you know, pidiendo dinero. Yeah. And then you got these other Mexicans with at least like flower bouquets, like trying to sell something. You know, it's like, that's joven, compa. Like, go to work. Like, yeah. even as a migrant farm worker, they're always, I know it's a tough job, but hey, you're getting money. You can easily rise up, you yeah. know? But a lot of times, like, even these, like, homeless people, we've talked to them, and it's a personal choice. We'll yeah. get them help, and they're like, no, but I like being homeless. Like, they admit to it. Yeah. And we have, like, our, our one of um a deputy who rides with that clinician, and she goes out to, like, all these homeless encampments, encampments and, like, tries to get them help. Yeah. She'll get them help, and then they'll go back to the streets. Yeah. Like, they, oh, just, yeah. they just don't like the strictness of some of these home facilities but it's like yeah. dude like at the yeah. end of it is to get you back on your toes exactly but they just their addiction is too strong yeah. or they just like i said it's a personal choice but do you think too like the like because i feel because i agree I, mm -hmm. I, I agree with everything you just said but the only thing is like i feel like with the younger crowd yeah. i just feel like i don't know if it's the drugs that are like just coming out stronger that are mess because like i said like i never like even when i was younger like you know, like you would see some crazy things, yeah. you know, but not to that level to where yeah. you see it now. Like you, you, 19, 20 year olds, you know, I remember one time my cousin, he brought us because uh, um, I used to we used to go to a church that has a recovery program. You know, I went through that recovery program, you know, when I was 18 years old and um, he brought a young man. I think I want to say he was probably like 15 or 16 years old. Completely just like he. He looked young, mm -hmm. young, but like we couldn't get a word out of him. Like he was just like drowsing out. Like we're like, who, like, what's your name, man? Like, how old are you? Like, nothing, nothing, nothing. I was just like, man, like we're trying to like, just trying to like, hey, like we need some type of information. Yeah. Like, you know, because if you're under 18, we can't take you, you know, like we have to notify someone, a parent or something. Like, Cause what if he's a runaway or something, mm -hmm. but we couldn't get anything. And I was just like, man, like, are these drugs that are coming out on these streets? Are they a lot stronger now? Like what's going on? I think they are, but I think it also goes back to just wanting to fit in. Mm -hmm. A lot of these kids are just trying to be cool, you yeah. know, uh, or take the easy route, which yeah. is, you know, easy money. And that's always been the thing, you know, easy money, whatever. But right. they don't think of the consequences. Yeah. Um. So nowadays we're even getting like overdoses at schools, which is sad. Yeah, it's man. really sad, you know. And sometimes you try to talk to these kids, but they just don't want to listen to you. Yeah. Like at all. I don't know, like I said, if it's a home thing or something. But majority of these kids have like hardworking parents. We meet their parents and we're just like. How do like how yeah. can you fail your parents so bad like this? Yeah. Like it just doesn't click to us. Um, but a lot of these kids now, like I said, they just want to make a name for themselves. They just want to be cool. They want to yeah. be part of the cool crowd. But they don't realize yeah. that at the end, it's not going to end well. Yeah, you know? and that's what's scary, man, about with the mix of social media. Because mm -hmm. that's I have a theory too about that. I don't. I, again, I don't know if it's a hundred percent true, but my theory. Because I, not to try to compare, you know, not to say that, you know, I was, 
when I was using drugs, like I was good at it. You know, mm-hmm. and I'm not trying to say that. Like, and I'm not trying to like condone it or anything. Like it's, it's, it's a stupid, horrible idea. But I do remember like when we would, you know, at, when I was a teenager and we would do drugs, we would walk, we would walk around, we would go around, we would um, socialize with each yeah. other, you know, um, you know, we would hang out, we would watch movies, we would like, it, it was, um, it was stupid, you know, it, it's, I don't condone it, you know what I mean? Like, you know, it led to worse behaviors, you know, all that, the consequences were 100% real, but I feel because we had that factor nowadays, like, these kids, like, I feel like they get drugged and then they go straight to their screen, oh, yeah. you know? And, and like you said, I feel like, yeah, like they want to, they want to fit in. They want to, they want to be part of something. They want to stand out. They, they want to make an image for themselves, a name for themselves. And so I feel like, you know, in their mind, like it goes into that space, you know? And, and I feel like that's where, you know, cause drugs alter your mind a hundred percent automatic, you know? And so right away, like if they're altering their minds and they're going into this space, I mean, if even without drugs, like sometimes you're in the social media and you start to compare, Yeah, you start to like, man, how can I fit in? How can mm-hmm. I make my videos better? How can I do this? How can I get more likes? How can I get more views? Like, let's be honest, like it happens. So imagine what happens to them. You know what I mean? Like when they're in this so I feel like that's my theory sometimes. Like, I feel like, like the, the reason why these kids are like, you know, going on the streets sooner is because they're just frying their mind and then yeah. they're not socializing with anyone, you know, and then they're allowing these drugs to just play tricks with them. They're allowing them to, I don't know, like, I, again, I could be wrong, but I really feel like that's a big thing. Like, it's a mix of the drugs being stronger and then just this social media era. Yeah, I think it's. A lot of it has to do, I think, with social media, like you mentioned. Um, Just a lot of these kids now, they have phones elementary age. They're already Uh on TikTok, YouTube. And I'm like, dude, like, and, you know, as parents or even as siblings, we don't see what they're seeing, you know? Yeah, we can't be there 24-7. exactly. So, like, for example, I'll see my brother, my little brother, he's like 10, on TikTok and like these weird videos that just pop up, dude. And I'm like, <laughs> like, you know, and I'm like, yeah. he's probably going to start developing all these like ideas, you know? Yeah. And sometimes they'll talk about something. And I'm like, what are you talking about? They're like, Oh, I saw it on TikTok. And I'm like, Oh my God. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. It is. It and, is. <clears throat> and now I feel like a lot of parents, that's how they're doing it to just shut their kids up. You know, here, here's an iPad. Just go play. Go watch YouTube. Go do your thing. But we're starting to neglect that when it's like your kids need to be more out there. Go to the park. Go do sports, you know. Get them involved. And because that's how we were, you know. We didn't have that much technology back then. Yeah, it existed. But we weren't exposed to it at such a young age. Which I think that's where we're failing as, you know, people and society where we're introducing young kids to this whole technology world. Yeah. And that's that's where it's just. And, you know, technology is just taking over now. Yeah, no, it is, man. It's 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 scary. We we have kids, and that's one thing that we we try to. We're guilty, you know. Sometimes we let them, you know, wander off more than they should, you know. Mm-hmm. And and but that is one thing, like you know, she'll do it. I'll do, like, hey, we gotta kind of backtrack and yeah. like, hey, let's pull this away. Let's you know, and um and we try to keep our kids active. That's one thing that we do. Like we do, we keep them in sports and stuff like that. But it is scary, you know, as a parent. 
it is scary, you know, sometimes like, like sometimes I'll even hear my son, like he'll just want to be like, like, oh, I want subscribers or I want this and I want that. And I'm just like, oh man, like, and I got to tell him, I'd be like, look, buddy, like, it's not about that. Like life is not a video. Yeah. You know, like, and I, and I think that's because sometimes like I'll kind of go in a zone, you know, I don't know if this ever happened to you or I don't know if it just happens to me. I'm a little crazy sometimes. <laughs> I get a little Yeezy sometimes moments. But I get those moments where I re I reflect back as a kid and I was like, you know what? Like sometimes you kind of, your emotions kind of go into where you do feel like you're in a movie, mm -hmm. yeah. you know, like what if my life was being recorded Yeah. and then you kind of, kind of start to live your life through that lens. And I, I, I it's crazy because I do remember that I'll have moments, you know, because you watch movies and you kind of see like how the narrative happens and stuff like that. And if there's a narrator mm -hmm. and talk, but like, what would my life be, you know, like that? But the crazy thing is that nowadays it exists. Yeah. It's possible. Back then it was like, you know, he had the big, my dad had the big camcorders, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and then, he, and then he upgraded to the ones with the little cassettes, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. remember those, you know, so, oh but gosh. like back then, like you weren't going to, you know, your brother wasn't going to be following yeah, just, you with the, you know, now your life can be viewed, Yeah, you know, and I think it's. There's, uh, I think we've always had a fascination for that. As mm -hmm. humans, I think we all do. We all want to be seen. We all want um, moments of our life to be highlighted. And I don't think there's anything bad with that. But I think that our kids nowadays, like they're seeing that like, because they do, they'll see something and be like, oh, that's cool. And I was able to watch that person do this cool thing. Mm -hmm. So, and then they have access to be able to put their life on it. But what's scary about that is that again, like, I just feel my my thing is I just feel that young people aren't ready to deal with the hate and the like. Yeah. Because like, for example, what happened to you with your viral? Mm -hmm. I think if you wouldn't have been confident enough in yourself. Right. If you wouldn't have been mature, yeah. if you wouldn't have known who you were, you know, if you wouldn't have known, you know, your principles, your values, who you are, like it probably would have been more damaging for you, you know. But because you knew, you know, you were able to like, yeah, whatever, you know, let me shut off, whatever, mm -hmm. you know, and focus on what I have to do. But how many kids, I mean, can you really imagine a 9, 10, 11 year old being able to put up with that type of pressure? No, I think, and I think that's where the whole mental health thing comes, yeah. you know, because like I said, they're getting younger with all these mental health issues. Yeah. And it's the fact that you, like you said, they haven't matured. And they haven't reached that point where they can deal with that. You yeah. know, I mean, even as adults, we sometimes struggle dealing with that, you know. I still struggle with yeah. it, man. I'm like, I still like, we were talking about that earlier. Like, I was like, I was, I was a chubby kid as a as a kid, you know. So, I was, <laughs> we were talking about that earlier. I mean, it's like, I was looking at photos, you know what I mean, from years ago. And uh -huh. I'm like, man, like, I thought I was like chubby then like man i'm chubby now like, you know like i got <laughs> that I, go back? <laughs> I got that chubby fat you know like that yeah. insecurity you know what i mean yeah i blame my tios those me tios yeah we were all fat as kids <laughs> as mexicans come on like. no and then the carrilla yeah, you know what i mean I like know. you know like there's you the know the nicknames yeah yeah literally dude oh my gosh yeah so but yeah it's it's um it's a scary thing, you know, and and it's it's interesting, though, when you mix it with with the job that you do, yeah. you know, and dealing with this generation, you know, and and um, so I salute you. I really do. I really salute what you do. And I even salute the fact that you 
are willing to go into these schools, you know, and we, cause I think we need more of that. Yeah. We, we really do. I think our, um, this generation is very hard to get their attention, yeah. you know, and, and a lot of them are very firm in their ideas and it's scary. Cause it's like, bro, you're only nine or 10 years old. Like, like, what do you, like yeah like and they speak with this authority like yeah. they know what's up it's like but you don't know what's yeah <laughs> you're a little kid <laughs> yeah like, like shut up no, yeah. <laughs> that's why i'm not in law enforcement yeah. no, I'm just no. <laughs> no no but yeah but it, it is scary you know because it's like how do you influence you yeah. know when you have so many voices that are influencing them and a lot of these voices that are influencing them now is are their age. Yeah. You know, they're young, they're 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 close to their age. So it's um it's a scary world. <laughs> That's why I'm like scared to have kids, to be honest. Just yeah. I see you know, seeing the world and like yeah. where I like I mean my job too. I'm yeah. like, man, like I don't think I wanna bring kids to this world. Yeah. And plus like one, it's already hard to like get someone who wants commitment. So it's like, yeah, no, I think I'm just gonna stay single. I'm like, I told my parents, here's a dog. That's your nieto, okay? Like, <laughs> he won't cause trouble. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, yeah. So. It's, yeah. Is it difficult for? I mean, we haven't been single in years. So, but I I have a friend who he's single and. And you know he'll he'll we have like a group chat me and some other uh, some other guy and all, everyone else is married he's yeah. the only one that's single and so he's always like talking about his struggles and we just like sympathize like we're just like damn bro like is it really that hard it it honestly is it really is and I think a lot of it is also social media yeah. unfortunately yeah um all these people thinking that they have all these options and yeah. you know it's like. You'll have a pretty ass girlfriend and then you'll see someone that's like prettier and then you'll want to have her, you know, or him, whatever. Yeah. Someone's cuter. But that's always going to be a thing. There's always going to be someone hotter, someone prettier, whatever. Yeah. At the end, it's like once you see a person and you're dating that person, it's like, all right, I want to marry you. You know, I want to spend the rest of my life with you. Yeah. Um. But like I said, people just think they have all these options. And I mean, me being in law enforcement, too, it's hard, you know, working long hours and stuff. It's right. not everyone gets it. You know, we're not always going to be home at the time we say we're going to be home. Yeah. Um, We sometimes come home tired and we don't want to talk about what happened at work, you know, because yeah. we just try to like leave work at work and, you know, come home and that's it. You know, yeah. Um, I mean, for me, I've always had failed relationships like cheated on played it sucks it sucks you know because yeah. you give all this effort to this person yeah and you're like man all that time wasted all my energy wasted and for you to treat me like that you know it sucks yeah so, and, e and each time a piece of you stays yeah right yeah exactly man. and you know i'm like man like where did i fail you start to think like did i do something wrong was it me you yeah. know um, but, but a lot of times it's just the fact that, you know, the other person who knows why they did what they did, you know? Right. Yeah. So. No, it, it is like, it's, it's, it, it really does make you appreciate like it, like for me, you know, and then, and I don't mean it in a bad way, but it really does make it, make you appreciate like, okay. Like, cause yeah, like you, you know, I'll hear the stories, you know, I'll hear the stories from my friend or, and it's like, yeah, it, it really is hard, you know, for them to settle down or to. You know, just to find someone that, because um, there's a lot of, there, 
there's a lot of shallowness yeah. like out there. There's a lot of yeah, to find someone yeah. with the same, yeah, you know, or, you know, someone that's going to be a good mom, you know, like, like with my wife, like, that's one of the things like, I was like, dude, like, she's a great mom, mm -hmm. you know, like, that's hard to find, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, why, you know, it's, so it's, you start to really reflect on things and it's like, you know, it really, social media just gives you a picture, it gives you an image, but at the end of the day, like, you know, like, who are they really in reality? Exactly. You know, how... How do they how do they treat their family? Mm -hmm. How do they treat the people? And because you could be one way yeah. in social media, but then a complete different. And then instead of, you know, and yeah, it's it social media has just really opened the door for us to like think, okay, yeah, there's a lot of options out there, but but is there really? Mm -hmm. You know, like exactly. is there really? Because at the end of the day, like you, you know, you're probably gonna be stuck with someone that, you know. Who knows? You know, or it's just comparing lives. Yeah. Comparing lives. Yeah. Like, not so much how you're saying, like comparing the the image of a person, yeah. but they're comparing other couples' lives. Yeah. You mm -hmm. know? Or like I want that too, but with this person, I'm not gonna be able to have that. Or they're already they already have that in mind because of whatever they see. Yeah. Yeah. Or however they're working, the type of job they have. Yeah. You know? And then yeah. they'll start to like, you know, ghost or just cold begin to get cold shoulders. Mm -hmm. yeah 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 no yeah and so man i had a question no 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 you did it no no it wasn't that it was like it was before we went into that um man i completely blanked out <laughs> yeah no so um and then um and so right now like what's uh oh oh yeah yeah that's what i was gonna go because right now you're going for your master's, right? Yeah. So what is your, what's your long-term goal? Like, because I know right now you're, you're deputy right there. Mm -hmm. What is it? What is your goal? Like, what are you, um, what are you trying to get into? Are you trying to like change career shift? What is it? So I've even gotten hate for getting my master's due. Like, <laughs> jeez. I know, dude. I'm like, man, I can't do anything right. <laughs> but, um, so I don't need my master's, right? But. To be prideful in my family, I'd be the third one to have the master's. So my sister has one, and then one of my primas has one, and then I'd be the third one. Okay. So for me, it was just like a goal in mind, yeah. right? Um, plus, it's an extra pay at the job, too. I'm yeah. Like, That's always good. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, I know um, law enforcement, they they even for certain promotions, right? If you have it, you're, you're Yeah, so your when you're too. trying to promote, it's it's a bit easier. Um so that's another plus. But my term in terms of like law enforcement is to probably be like an investigator, mm. probably a sergeant at some point. Yeah. Um, because a lot of times, unfortunately, our patrol people, our patrol men and women are like brushed under the rug, unfortunately. And we're the backbone of the whole department. You right, know, when right. you call 911, we're the ones responding. Right. Um, we're the ones putting our lives on the line, you yeah. know. Um, so I would want to make a difference in that aspect and actually show, you know, my squad of people like, Hey, I got you. If anything, you know, right. if you get in trouble, I'll make sure like if, if it was a false accusation, I'll make sure I have you back, you know? Right. Um, so that's a long-term process. A lot of people see me as like chief or like the main sheriff. I'm like, Whoa, yeah. right. like, first Latina. Okay. You know, what, what is what? 20, what, when's the next election? 
Um, sheriff election. <laughs> or our sheriff just got reelected. So I think like he has like another four, four six years. years. Okay. Yeah. So 2026, 2027. Shit, <laughs> no, no. Oh, gosh. The stress. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no, but. The fact that people see me as that is like, well, dude, like you see potential in me. And, yeah. you know, and it's because I put in the work, you know, it's yeah. not just because whatever, because I'm pretty or whatever. A lot of people are like, oh, well, you're pretty, you're a female, you're easily rise up. And I'm like, no, dude, like I'm putting in the work, yeah, but, you know. And, but then it's different in law enforcement. too. Yeah. Like, I can see that in the corporate yeah, you know, yeah, world, yeah. but in law enforcement, it's like, yeah. yeah. It's obviously like there's respect. Exactly. Yeah. And I mean, my dad always taught us, you know, work hard and you'll get to where you want to be. You know, yeah. you're always going to start at the bottom, but you'll easily work your way up. Yeah. Um. So that's one thing. But I also if the opportunity comes up, I would like to go federal. Mm. So like your FBI, FBI. your DEA, yeah. your Homeland Security, you know. Um, one of the classes I'm taking right now is on Homeland Security. So like learning those things and how those agencies work, yeah, it just looks good on your part, you know? Right. Um, and right now my master's teaches a lot about how to like manage a group of like people, like leadership skills. So that will be good for when I want to promote because yeah. at the end of the day, you're going to be like a leader for some type of team, you know? Right. Um, so right now I realize like I need to take one goal at a time yeah. because I tend to like start attacking all these goals at once. And then I'm like, crap, nothing's getting done because yeah. I'm not putting my whole focus on one goal. Yeah. So for now I'm like, okay, get my master's done and then we'll work towards the next one. Yeah. And it's a lot, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work, dude. especially <laughs> with like the long hours at yeah. my job. Like I come home and I'm like, I don't want to do this. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. I mean, how many hours do you put in? Um, in do you guys of, put in like, as far as um, uh, your work schedule? So it depends. It always depends. Um, I've done 18, 19 hour days, dude, because like we got a last minute call and, yeah. you know, it, the whole investigation takes that long. Um, sometimes you're lucky enough to get off on time, which is your normal 12 hour shifts. But like I said, it just it always depends. Yeah. You know, we don't control when someone's going to commit a crime, yeah. unfortunately. So, yeah. Um, yeah, sometimes it varies. And then that's when my parents start texting me like, Hey, are you okay? Because it's been yeah. like, it's already like 9 or 10 p.m. and you're not home. Yeah. And that's when they start to worry. And I'm like, yes, I'm fine. Like, I'm at the gym or I'm still at work, you yeah. know, I'm fine. Um, so that's where their main concern comes. But that's the hard part, you know. Um, sometimes I still don't get to see my family, you know. Mm. I come home, they're already asleep. In the mm. morning, they're gone or I'm gone already. Right. So it's tough in terms of that. A lot of times you do feel lonely because... You miss a lot of like family events, family parties, holidays, you know. Um, but that's where the whole family of like law enforcement comes in because your other partners are the same way, you know, they're missing yeah. those same events. So then you create that little family environment. You have your little cookouts like at Christmas, Thanksgiving at yeah. the station, you know. Um, so yeah, it's it's tough. I'm not yeah. gonna lie. No, and I think that's why it's such a we need to respect our law enforcement a lot more because, mm -hmm. again, like it comes back down to that, you know, they're still human. You know, you guys are still human and you guys sacrifice a lot, you know, to be out there, to be protecting, to protect and serve. And it takes a lot from you guys. You know, it's it's you know, I don't want to say it's the exact same, but it's kind of like our military personnel, yeah. you know, like they deserve respect. We deserve they deserve for us to be appreciative and respect, you know, not, you know, um, that's, of course, it's the choice that you guys have made. But, you know, thankfully for that choice, you know, our streets are safer and, and 
you know, we need to take that into consideration that like, man, you guys, you guys do, you guys miss a lot of stuff, a lot of family, you know, um, those that have, you know, family, kids, you know, they miss a lot, you know, yeah. with them, you know, um, Marlon, Marlon, he, uh, talks a lot about that too, you know, and, you know, things that, you know, he's, um, he's missed out on a lot too, you know, cause he's, he's retired already, you know, but there's a lot of things, you know, and, and he mentioned the same thing that because of that brotherhood that he built, you know, within the, cause he was an LAPD, you know, he's, he was grateful for that because at least there it's in a way it's like you kind of keep that sanity, yeah. you know, you keep that sanity of being able to, to talk to someone, to have a commodity, to be able to, Hey, like, you know, we're in this together, you know? Yeah. So, so I, I, we appreciate, I appreciate what you guys do. And, um, and then as far as, uh, your goals, cause I know, okay, so your masters and everything. And I know you're also, and we'll kind of come to a close almost, um, but you're also into a lot of bodybuilding, right? Yeah. So is that a goal too? Like to one day compete one day? Yeah. So I had already like talked to one of my coaches and we had already like said, all right, we're going to compete on this day, yeah. but just things went south. Um, and just at that time I was working night shifts. So my body's affected a lot when I don't sleep well. Yeah. Um, and same thing, you know, we're never off on time. Like something <laughs> pops up and then yeah. you're, you know, sleeping like four or six hours and then back to work again, you know? Yeah. yeah. So like I told you, I decided to just put a hold on it for now. Just stay fit. Um, focus on getting my education because that's expensive. I'm paying out of pocket for my master's. Yeah. And I mean, to compete to it's expensive. So I'm yeah. like, yeah, I need to put a like hold on that. Like that's not my priority right now. That's always yeah. going to exist, you know. Yeah. So I'll just put it on a hold. Um, and then if I never get to compete, it's fine. You know, I, I'm just I like to stay fit, you know, and the gym's like my little escape. That's mm -hmm. like. My stress-free zone, I go, I focus, I silence everything. And yeah. that's, you know, um, where I just take out all my anger out. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that's that's always important, especially in law enforcement. You yeah. need to stay fit, you know. Because yeah. if you show up, like, como tu dices, all gordo and stuff, like, <laughs> whoever you're dealing with, they're going to be like, Psh, I can handle you, you know. Um, but if you meet, like, like some of these guys at, on the job, like, super buff, super fit, I'm like, yeah, I'm, yeah, bro, I wouldn't want to fight you. Like, Yeah, no, yeah, man. Hey, I, and then the way, man, I remember, I don't know if it's still the same, man, but I remember when we used to get chased. Man, these guys were fast, man. I mean, like, how do they run so fast? Dude, like, guys always sprint faster. Man, I don't know. It's the you know, guys. Hey, we used to, I was fast. I was fast as a kid. <laughs> like, so I, sometimes we'd get caught. But sometimes we'd get away, you know, but, but sometimes, man, I, I remember the first time I saw law enforcement, he was actually off the job. He was off the job and he was visiting. Then he had a family member there. It was in a, uh, the apartment complex, a project right there. And, uh, he was, uh, he got out the car and then he, I, it was crazy cause I could see right across. And so there, uh, one of the gang members right there, he was spray painting like on the side uh -huh. of the walls. He was like, shh, shh. And um, so I guess when he was on the way to the door, he heard it. So he goes to the side and he sees him. And I guess, you know, he didn't hear him or anything. And he turns and he sees, he's like, hey, stop. So this guy books it. Yeah. And the officer goes after him. But man, like this guy was fast. I was like, dang, like he straight, he caught up to him, yeah. sprinted. And then, uh, but yeah, I would be like, man, like some of them, man, like the or sometimes the way they would hop the walls, I'd be like, man, like they're, they're and on it's it. hard, dude, with all the gear. Yeah, and exactly. Stuff. That's what yeah. I'm saying. Like with the 
bulletproof vest, yeah. you got the belt and yeah. everything, then the shoes, yeah. like, you know, so, so yeah, no, that's cool, that's cool, so, well, we look forward to maybe one day seeing you compete, and then, uh, um, you know, keep working hard on that master's degree. How much time you got left on that? One more year. One more year. Uh, almost there. All right. No, yeah. And then, uh, and Mexico. Any yeah. plans for Mexico? Do you Man. visit often, Michoacan? I go every year because my oh, okay. abuelitos are out there. Oh, they're okay. Yeah, cool. So cool. I try to go to Michoacan every year. What part of Michoacan? Close to Zamora. Okay. Quite yeah. More like towards the uh, Jalisco border. Mm, well, it's, from Guadalajara, it's like maybe like a three-hour drive, so it's not too bad. Mm, okay, so you're yeah, it's kind of like I'm closer to Morelia, you could say. Okay, yeah, so yeah, because yeah, we're we're like uh, from Morelia. Well, now that there's a freeway, it's like an hour. Yeah, with the freeway, it's faster. Yeah, yeah. So we're like we're a little ranchito right there. That's my goal, dude. Retire out there. It's so peaceful, like. Yeah, uh, you're well, like yeah. Well, um. it, no, it, it it is. Well, well, have you have you been hearing though? Like a lot of a lot of stuff that's been happening. Well, yeah, dude. Pero eso siempre va a estar. Yeah, like my it, dad says, yeah. if you don't mess with them, they won't mess with you. No, yeah, no, no. Of course, of course. Like, but because like recently, like because we have family, we have a group chat and everything, and so recently, 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 man, just ah, uh, just a lot of crazy things have been happening. A lot of crazy things. And because I guess recently, like, it was like the, they shut down the pretty much the whole autopista. Oh. Like the one that from the the one that's uh, from Guadalajara uh -huh. all the way to Morelia, that yeah. autopista. So they set up like different. Um, and I think they did it to distract. They were doing that to distract. So they're like burning cars. Mm. They're doing all this. So they're causing a distraction because they were after like one of the main guys yeah. in that in that area. So they did that. But um but yeah, no, but it's because they were like pulling innocent people over and yeah. taking their cars and then making them walk, you know. Yeah. And then, so it's just, you know, it's just, so that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, it's, I love it. I love, I love going to Mexico. Like I, it's, for me, it's a, one of the best ways to unplug. Yeah. Like you really unplug. Like it's, I, I love it. I love it. My son loves it. He, my eight-year-old son, he really loves it. And that makes me happy that he loves yeah. it because that was my that's probably one of my greatest joys as a kid. Yeah. Like, I loved, uh, I'm not in caballo. Yeah. I, I loved it. Like, I indulged in it. And to see him, you know, like, love it as much. Yeah. Like, he loves the jaripeos. Oh, that's He's good. always, like, he wants to draw the horses. Like, you know, he gets sad when we leave. Aww. You know, like that. Like, because that's how I was. Yeah. I was like, man, like, no, I don't want to leave. Yeah, you yeah. Know? We would cry. My, you know, that's where I, my relationship with my grandma. Like, she passed away already, but... That was when, I, like, you know, my my love for my grandma. Yeah. Like, it was just, it's it's beautiful. But it, so it, it does hurt when you hear those things. Yeah. As you're happening at a place that you love so much. And and I'm glad your son likes it. Because I feel like a lot of times, like, these upcoming kids, yeah. they hate it. Because yeah. they don't have internet. Yeah. You know, they can't use their phone. Like, my brothers, yeah. they hate it. Every time we go, they hate it. <laughs> They're like, I want my Xbox. Oh, my God, my phone yeah. doesn't have service. I'm like, dude, just chill enjoy it hear yeah. the birds chirping like yeah. so peaceful like, the I'm smell like, yeah even the smell i love the smell like I, hi there are times where like yeah. i'll see like fogatas oh, like yeah, yeah. that's i love that smell mixed with you know a lot of, you know so, so kids, lo de vaca our, co our kids love to be wild so out there they can be wild yeah freedom for them it's like yeah i can do this here okay. oh yeah <laughs> 
Last time he went with him by himself, my um, our son, and he learned how to use the lighter. So I'm like, what are you doing? You learn how to use lighters? Yeah. Like, yeah. No. Yeah. Oh my no, gosh. He, he, yeah, and. I love like I sometimes I it's crazy like he he has his little like his his things now but like where it's like okay yeah you're from this generation but sometimes I literally feel like he's from another generation yeah 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 because yeah like he he like even Xbox like he'll have it and he won't really log in like I have it for him and he'll like won't like he he won't even like mess with it like he'd rather be outside he'd rather be doing but then of course he has his moments where he gets into the, this generation yeah, he's yeah. like all on the phone he's watching. But yeah, it's Mexico's a beautiful like especially Michoacan, man. I love Michoacan. I love as Tiempo de la Agua. Have you ever been there in the Tiempo de la Agua? Siempre voy. That's the time. Is that the time when you yeah. go? Oh, it's beautiful. Beautiful. beautiful Wake up, green. smell the like. Just, yeah, the everything is just green. Yeah. It's yeah, I love it. I love it. It's amazing. Yeah, her family's from Guanajuato, and it's oh. it's really beautiful there too. It's nice I want to go there. there just because of the mummies. Oh, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? There, I, I haven't been there in a while. I've been already to his rancho like in recent years. Yeah. I'm telling him we need to go to Bolivar. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I need to go to my. I'm a little biased. Yeah. I'm a little biased. Oh, why? It's not fair. Yeah, it's because it's it's peaceful. I don't know. Like I just it really for me like it really is a it's like a sanctuary for me there. Like it's real peaceful. Yeah. You can literally just leave your phone there because you're not gonna get good signal. Yeah, you're not. So you're just you just leave it, and then it's so cool. But yeah, so Michoacan. So saludos a todos los de Michoacan. Yeah. <laughs> y los de Guanajuato. Y los de Guanajuato. <laughs> <laughs> y los de Durango. Cause my mom's from Durango. Oh. Yeah, I don't. I don't give enough credit. <laughs> hey. I know I messed up. But even my mom, my mom would be like, "Es Durango también." <laughs> It's because I've never been there, you know, so I don't really know, it, you know. So, but yeah, but no, but um, thank you, no, Deputy thank Jennifer you Rocha, <laughs> for coming on to the podcast, talking about you know what um, your experience in law enforcement and even just your whole viral moment and everything, which is a which is a very beautiful moment, you know, and the way you were honoring your parents, and we need more of that. We need more examples of that, and it's good to see that. Um, we need to keep spreading that, I, I, I think. You know, I think that's, you know, we can complain about the next generation and stuff like that, but I just think we need to just continue to shine a light and of positivity to them and just show them that, like, hey, they're, when in doubt, there's, there's, you can never go wrong with that old school values. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I think that's one of the things that's 100%. Yeah. Like, when in doubt, if you don't, you're confused, you don't know what, you know, old school values, they're always going to win. You know, honor, respect love you know honoring our parents you know those are those i don't think those will ever go out of style you know and um but any last words of advice to some young women young ladies um that might be in your position or um might be thinking about a career in law enforcement or just any any motivation encouragement that you'd like to you um, want to look in that camera there and <laughs> <laughs> Dude, ya me pusiste nerviosa. Oh my god. It's like, oh no. And no, no, I'm just get <laughs> the cameras. Um no, I just want to say not to just only females, um, everyone, you know, if you have a dream, keep going after it. La gente siempre va a hablar, you know, keep doing you. You only have one life. Um, live every day like it's your last day because you just never know when it's gonna be your last day. And just always remember, you know, your roots, where you come from, you know, never neglect your parents, because at the end of the day, they brought you here. 
They're the ones, you know, that supported your whole life and to where you're at right now. Um, if you're thinking of a career in law enforcement, don't get discouraged. It's a great career. It's very rewarding. Um, at the end of the day, you're helping people. You know, you're the one that gets called to solve people's problems and you're the ones on scene. Um, so don't get discouraged. And to my females, if you want to do law enforcement, just because it's a male dominant career, don't get discouraged. You know, you got to show that woman power. If you're a Latina, show that Latina power. You know, we need more Latinas in law enforcement. So if you do, please join. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much. So thank you guys so much for uh, listening. I'll put all her details there. If you uh, would like to follow her, uh, follow her her career, follow her one day if she does a show, bodybuilding show. And, uh, but thank you again so much for being on Offbeat Podcast. Thank you guys. Thank you guys for listening, for uh, tuning in. Don't forget to, if you haven't yet, please subscribe, share it, like it. Also, uh, follow us on social media. We're always releasing different clips, things like that. And uh, comment, send us a message. Thank you guys so much. This was Offbeat Podcast. Let's go.